the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. I'm your host, Dr. James H.C. Cooley, and we got a very exciting show for you today. I mean, I'm looking forward uh, to this. I actually have been looking forward to it for almost a week now, you know, and uh, we're going to talk about something that I think is so dear to all of our communities, uh, to our police forces, I mean, to everyone uh, that partnership and teamwork is there. And you just have to really believe. You have to want to work together. And we have to get rid of a lot of the stigmas uh, that are out there as it relate uh, to fear and as it relate to all police officers are bad and they're not working with the community. That's not true. That's not true. What are your thoughts on that, Todd? No, I think this is going to be a great show. And I mean, everybody has their own experience, but I, I, I have always had a positive experience uh, growing up in San Diego with the police and the involvement in the community. So it should be that way across the board. It should be. And uh, I think that, you know, with these two uh, young gentlemen that we have on the show today are going to bring some enlightenment to all of us. And uh, I'm just looking forward to the conversation. But before I do anything, I can't even start the show without bringing on Dr. Michelle Cooley, the executive producer and co-host. How you doing today, Doc? How you doing? I'm doing great. And as I'm going to reiterate what, exactly what you said, I'm looking forward to the show because, you know, <laughs> in today's world, it's always the negative that's reported. It's never about anything that people are doing good and helping others. I mean, we've got these guests today, two amazing guests, and this nonprofit organization that they have formed and just brought together and how they are serving the communities and improving the relationships between law enforcement and the communities that they do serve. So I'm definitely looking forward to this. And um, like I said, audience, if you want to participate, please um, send in or type in your comments and um, also call in, right, Todd? So you can call in 1-866-577-2473. That's 1-866-577-2473. And just like I said, we encourage everybody to uh, be part of this. And regardless of which platform you, you're watching this on, whether you're watching on television, uh, E360, Transverse TV, uh, YouTube, uh, uh, over 25 plus other live streaming network, be part of this conversation. Michelle, I cannot wait to get this show started. Can you tell our viewers and our listeners the title of the show, the purpose of the show, and, I, and introduce these two great guests? Yes, the title of today's show is Blue Bridge Alliance, strengthening relationships between law enforcement officers and the communities they serve. And we're getting to know co-founder and CEO Brian Spracklin and retired police chief Ken Hohenberg. We're going to talk about the concept and the backstory for the Blue Bridge Alliance program and how it provides the infrastructure and ongoing support to help put the program in place and be successful. We're going to talk about the funding and the goal to have each agency establish an ongoing program to become self-sufficient via local and community donations and how the funds are used for community outreach. So let's discuss, uh, let's talk about our guest today. Brian Spracklin has over 20 years in business strategy and innovation. He has worked with some of the largest companies, including Samsung, Coca-Cola, Hershey's, and many more, serving almost 10 years as managing director of Maverick Innovation Strategies, a boutique consulting house. He specializes in helping small to mid-sized technology startup scale from concept to exit through acquisition. Chief Ken Hohenberg, 
is a 43-year veteran with the Kennewick Police Department. He was appointed chief of police in 2003, retiring in 2022. He completed his bachelor's degree in law and justice at Central Washington University and did postgraduate work at the University of Virginia while attending the FBI Academy in Quantico, Virginia. Besides being an FBI National Academy graduate, he graduated from Police Executive Research Forum, Senior Management Institute for Police at Boston University and the FBI's Law Enforcement Executive Development School. He was an active member of the Washington Association of Sheriffs and Police Chiefs, serving as an active member and past president. Let's bring on these two amazing guests, Brian Spracklin and retired police chief Ken Owenberg to the show. Thank you, John. Hey, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. You know, so, uh, hey, this is the moment where, you know, excitement is, is we are excited. So, but first of all, um, can each one of you, we'll start with you first, uh, Brian. Can you tell our, our viewers and our listeners a little bit about you, where, where you grew up at and just uh, why you're so passionate about what you do? Sure. Um, so I actually grew up in Montana, but I've lived all over the country in uh, in Texas, in Florida, in uh, New York, New Jersey area, and uh, and of course in San Diego, uh, where I spent twelve years, and and that's actually where we uh, where we kind of got this program ideated. And um, I uh, I come from the technology industry, but I come from a law enforcement uh, family. My my dad was in law enforcement, and my uncle. Uh, was in law enforcement, and he actually started uh, back in the '70s at Kennewick Police Department with Chief Owenberg, and and that's how uh, that's how Chief and I know each other. Wow! Yeah, hey, Chief, can can you tell our viewers a little bit about you, a little bit about your background? Uh, it's you because uh, I see. <laughs> you, you know, uh, like unlike Brian, that's moved all over the country. I'm I'm one of those that were homegrown in the Tri Cities. Um, I was born and raised in Richland, which is a neighboring jurisdiction to Kennewick in the Tri-City area in southeastern Washington state. And uh, my mom tells me that I want to be a police officer when I was two years old. And um, matter of fact, my first grade teacher even confirmed that uh, by a note that I'd written when I was in her classroom about what I wanted to be when I grew up. And some people tease me and say, well, maybe someday you will be a police officer. But I did that. you know, I was fortunate enough. Kennewick tested first. I got hired um, in in the region that I grew up, and I just uh, been blessed to have a long uh, career that I've enjoyed and had the honor of serving the public for almost forty four years. So, um, you know, it was a dream come true for me. Wow. So, Brian, based on your past experience with the companies you um, you worked with. How did it prepare you to become, and we're going to talk, we're going to dive into Blue Bridge Alliance, but how did your past experience prepare you to become co-founder and CEO of Blue Bridge Alliance? Oh, wow. That's, you know, that's a, a an interesting question that I could give a long, long answer to, but I think, uh, you know, in the interest of time, uh, we all, you know, every single one of us evolves as we, you know, as we go along professionally. And, you know, if, if I would have tried to do this uh, 20 years ago or even 15 years ago, I think, um, you know, I, I lacked, uh, I wasn't quite there in terms of maturity in, um, you know, in leadership and in understanding some of the different variables that go into running an organization and, and, you know, nonprofit is still just like a business in a lot of, of ways. You still have you know, finance stuff that has to happen. You still have, um, you know, the, the the setup of the program itself, making sure that you're continuing to refine it, um, making sure that uh, that you're learning from challenges that you have, and uh, and continuing to always evolve and, and make uh, things better as you go along. Um, so I think that uh, it was cumulatively over time having exposure to all of those different pieces. And, um, and then, you know, being able to, to, to be at a place where, you know, I'm able to, to put those pieces all together and, and create something that, um, hopefully we can, uh, leave a legacy for long after, uh, we're gone. Wow. And chief, you, you got an extensive background that, that we talked about, uh, but chief, can you tell uh, us uh, some of the lessons that you learned until uh, about yourself and about people that you serve that, that made you and that make you the person that you are today? Sure. You know, I mean, doctor, one of the things um, 
when I was first appointed chief in 2003. And of course, I came up through the ranks of the police department, right? I was patrol officer. I was training officer. I was Kennewick's first dare officer. Um, I was patrol sergeant leading the squad. I was our first internal affairs lieutenant uh, investigating police misconduct. Um, I was, I ran detectives as a captain and and I was a patrol commander and eventually the assistant chief and then chief. And so I grew up within my agency. And even although Kennewick was always a good department, I think we hired good people. When I became chief, I even increased our hiring standards because I realized very quickly um, the more thorough that we vetted out men and women that came into our organization that truly understood the core values of public service and truly wanted to help people, which is the core mission of the police, um, our complaints would go down, right? It's, it's not rocket science stuff. You, you hire people that truly understand the core values of public service, that truly want to go out and make a difference, that truly want to help people, uh, which I said was our core mission, and other things start to fall into place. And so uh, I spent a lot of time with my various elevator messages that I would have as I would move from, you know, squad to squad or throughout divisions within the department talking about how we treat people. And the fact that, you know, a lot of people talk about law enforcement treating people with dignity and respect. And I always said, you know, there's, there's another leg to that. It's a dignity, respect, and fairness. And that hold applies. That hold, hold, hold that thought right there, Chief. We got to take a station break. But uh, I love that dignity, respect, and fairness. And I, and I tell you, we're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back. We're going to pick this conversation up, and we're going to take it to another level. If you want to be part of this conversation, all you do is go to the phone lines, one 866 or whichever mechanism you're watching on whichever platform, just go to the comments, ask these two great men any questions like, is your life? I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Hi, I'm Todd Pyrrhic, the producer of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join James as he shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by Dr. James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Odyssey.com. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. 
Hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life, and I tell you, it's uh, it's it's getting ready to heat up in here. I can tell. Uh, this is exciting, and that anytime that you you have law enforcement, you have communities working together, and you, you have that cohesiveness and teamwork, you can only make things better, and you can only bring trust back. Uh, and a lot of times, I'll be honest with you, I think the media, the media is is most of the time the problem in dividing and keeping trust uh, from people that need to be together. So uh, that's just my two cents on it. And our viewers out there, I want to know what yours are. If you want to be part of the conversation, pick up the phone, one 2473 or go to the platform and ask any question that you like. Um, gentlemen, how did the Blue Bridge Alliance program all got started and how did both of you gentlemen get in, got involved in this? So either one of you, <laughs> you can start first, Brian, Chief. Sure. Look, Brian. Sure. So, um, you know, as, as I mentioned before, I spent uh, several years in San Diego um, and in the, in the tech industry. And in 2011, um, you know, I woke up just like any other day. And I used to like to turn the local news on, uh, you know, and, and see what's going on in the community. And, and one morning I saw uh, or the evening before an officer with uh, San Diego Police Department and, and some of you listening in the San Diego area probably remember this. Uh, officer uh, Henwood, who was uh, murdered while he was sitting in his vehicle eating dinner. And, uh, you know, the uh, surveillance video from before that showed him in McDonald's uh, and it was like five minutes earlier and he's in McDonald's. He's sitting there ordering his food and he, and he looks next to him. And he sees this little guy from the neighborhood who's counting out pennies to buy himself something to eat. And Officer Henwood, uh, you know, says, hey, I got gotcha. you. And he, he pays for uh, for this little guy's food. And, you know, that's the, the type of officer that that uh, that Officer Henwood was. But, you know, me being from a, a law enforcement family, I know that that's, you know, the law enforcement officers that I've always known are the same type of people. And <clears throat> so it got me thinking a lot about how officers are, are constantly doing that type of thing. They're pulling out of their own pockets uh, just to help people or make a connection in the community. Um, and so I started thinking about, you know, what if there was a community supported fund for officers to be able to do these types of things? And I was thinking about technologies that I was working with at the time. Um, and, you know, frankly, uh, I just got busy with life uh, for uh, for a while. But this this idea just kept knocking around in my head constantly. And one day I was talking to my uncle, just catching up on the phone. And I and I said, you know, I, I have this idea that's been uh, just killing me. And <clears throat> pardon me, I. I told him about it, exactly what I just told you. And I said, you know, I've, I've been thinking about reaching out to Chief Hohenberg and seeing uh, what he, you know, thinks about this. And my uncle said, well, I mean, shoot, I'm having uh, breakfast with Chief Hohenberg in the morning and a couple other guys from the community. And why don't I just uh, float the idea and see what they think about it? And so he uh, he called me later that afternoon after they had breakfast. He says, Brian, you know, you're not going to believe this, but everybody loved this idea. And all four of us uh, pledged $1,000 into putting uh, this program together in, in Kennewick. And um, we're going to see if we can't, uh, you know, make a go of it. And so, um, you know, full disclosure, that was pretty much all I had to do with, uh, with things at, at that point. But, mm-hmm. you know, Chief Hollenberg was, uh, was great enough to send me constant um, updates about uh, how officers were, you know, were really connecting with the program. And so, you know, at this point, I'll turn it over to, to Chief Owenberg and talk about how things went from there. Yes, Chief. Thank you. Uh, and, and Brian's correct. It was in 2015. I, I had started a foundation within our police department, as many law enforcement agencies have across the country. And um, they were really struggling to try to find a cause. And when uh, Brian's uncle had shared the story with me about the San Diego officer, I, I had a situation in Kennewick. It's not as dramatic, but it, it still um, is point on about uh, how officers will help people. We had a, a motor officer that had investigated a drunk driver that actually went up on the sidewalk and hit a, a small child. And um, he was one, he was from one of our more challenging neighborhoods in, in Kennewick. And, and the officer had to seize his tennis shoes as evidence because they had scuff marks and it was part of the investigation. And it, it was this young man's 
only tennis shoes. And so the officer went over, it happened near a sporting goods store, and the officer went over to the sporting goods store, reached into his own pocket, and ended up buying the, the young man a new pair of shoes and put him on his motorcycle, his police motorcycle, took a picture, and the kid had the biggest smile grinning from ear to ear and took a bad experience. And his dad was so proud of, you know, his son having a new pair of shoes and was proud of the Kent Police Department and really internalized to me. Uh, I, I knew this was going on where officers would, would do this. I did it as a police officer when I was on the road. The problem is, is oftentimes, you know, an officer may be working night shift or whatever, and they've got 40 or $50 in their pocket, and they have to make a decision. Am I going to spend the money helping this person or Am I going to give my kid uh, money for lunch, school the next morning or whatever it may be? And and so as we were having breakfast and we were talking about this, um, you know, I mentioned, well, if we raise the money, we could put it in a restricted account and we could we could fund it so that officers would have access. And um, one of the three of us that were having breakfast is a realtor here in the Tri-Cities. And he goes, I'll, I'll back the credit cards. And I'm like, you know, I don't really want you to back the credit cards. But, but you know, I mean, we were all just inspired about creating an opportunity for these officers to be able to go out and not have to reach in their own pocket. And I also believe that, you know, as the chief of police, if I believe in the program, then I got to put my money where my mouth is. And so, as Brian said, we all kicked in a thousand dollars to get this started. And then my friend that's a realtor hit up a lot of his business associates mm-hmm. uh, over the next two weeks and our three thousand dollars turned into fifteen thousand dollars. And then we started, you know, um, with people's permission, we would post on um our Facebook, and and we would share some of the stories, and I'd share them with Brian about what was going on in Kennewick, and you know that money quickly started to grow within the community. We're we're blessed to have a supportive community here in the Tri Cities, and uh, people love the idea of law enforcement being able to see an immediate need and to be able to take care of that immediate need. And as you know, both the doctors that are on here provide hope for people provide hope to people that had no place else to turn at the time. And it could be two o'clock in the morning on a Sunday or two o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday. It didn't make any difference. We empowered our police officers to be able to go out and do what they're supposed to do, make a difference. Wow. That's, that's so amazing. So, you know, when you started this program and chief, you got involved in this, um, like Dr. Cooley said, there's been so much negative press about the relationship between law enforcement and their communities that they serve. In your opinion, do you believe that television and social media is exasperating the negative and just not looking at the good that the law enforcement does within their communities? What are your thoughts on that, Brian, and, and then Chief? Well, I think, you know, as we all know, we live in a time where, um, you know, what what is it that that uh, that press people say if it bleeds, it leads. And, you know, so they're they're all vying for market share. And, and you know, I think that oftentimes they believe that, uh, you know, telling the, the stories that, um, you know, that make people cringe uh, tend to do that. But, you know, that creates, uh, you know, some of that. And, and I think that we all agree that there can't be enough good stories and uh, and so we're trying to create that. We're trying to create good stories and um, and see if we can't flip that script a little bit. What are your thoughts, Chief? No, I agree. I you know I think it's easy to capitalize on um, negative things that happen, right? I mean, even locally here in the Tri Cities, you have a homicide, you have an officer involved shooting, whatever it may be. That's going to be center stage. And you know the feel good stories, the reality of what goes on more often day to day across this country is just great policing where police officers across this country understand that their core job is to help people. And I've hired hundreds of people over the years and, and been involved in the process. And, you know, when you ask people, why do you want to be a police officer? Uh, the, the common answer is they want to help people. And when I hired police officers in Kennewick, I reminded them that that was their fundamental duty. Um, you know, we go out and make a difference and we help people. We figure, because people have no place else to turn. And I think it's easy for people to capitalize on the negative. And sometimes there is disconnects between um, 
law enforcement agencies and communities. And sometimes agencies have hired the wrong people under the best of circumstances. Um, we weeded people out after uh, that's what probation period is for. That's what the police academy for is for. But uh, you go through the best hiring practices and still sometimes you still get somebody that uh, shouldn't be a police officer. And hopefully agencies have a way of weeding those people out even after they've gone through the initial process. But back to the topic, um, I noticed a big change in our officers' attitude when they knew that they were empowered to to, to go out and uh, make a difference. I, I was at a city staff meeting where I got called by a sergeant where there had been a stolen vehicle and uh, the father had inadvertently left the keys in the car and uh, and it got stolen and another agency ended up in pursuit of the stolen vehicle. The van got wrecked and uh, it was beyond repair. And I got a call from the supervisor and the officers wanted to know if we could buy a car. And <laughs> hey, hold, hold that thought. That's Chief, a big look, right? I'm going to pick it up when we get back. Drop, but- yeah, we got to take a station break. Want to pick it up? I want to see that you guys buy that car when <laughs> we get back. You know, so if you want to be part of this conversation, just go to the comments uh, and just uh, ask any question. Or also pick up the phone one eight six six one eight six six five seven seven two four seven three. It's your life. I'm Dr. James JC Cool. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There's much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gift of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm Todd Pyrrhic, the producer of The James Cooley Show. It's your life. And in the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join James as he shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must listen for anyone who thinks they're stuck in life or needs to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to become an overcomer because a bigger, better, and more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by Dr. James Cooley on Amazon or wherever books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Hi, I'm Todd Pyrrhic, the producer of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join James as he shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by Dr. James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. The Answer, San Diego, streaming now on iHeart.com and Odyssey.com. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life, and uh, just sitting back, uh, just uh, uh, understanding, loving the, the stories. Uh, can't wait to chief finish up about the van story. Uh, so we're gonna pick it back up with that, and uh, then we're gonna get off into uh, uh, this alliance, uh, you know, Blue Ridge, and, and find out exactly how things got started and how things are moving forward, and and uh, goals that. Brian and the chief want to achieve. But first of all, chief can, I, I had to take a station break, but 
you know, I really want to hear the rest of that, that van story. So can you pick it up? Mm-hmm. So real quickly, and, and it's hard because these are real life situations that police officers are placed in and the investigating officer, he goes to this home and they had just come back from children's hospital in Seattle. Baby's got a feeding tube in his stomach and they've lost their family transportation and they've got to go back over to children's hospital during the holidays. And, you know, thankfully um, through partnerships and great business support, we were able to replace that vehicle for them. Uh, we got them an SUV that was actually better than what they had before. And, uh, Toyota, the Tri-Cities, and my realtor friend and our foundation kicked in. And and when we met with them out at the Toyota dealership, um, I had the officer that originally investigated uh, the, the theft of the vehicle. I had him give the keys to the folks. And uh, it was a young Hispanic family. And the guy looked over at me and he said, you know, he goes, I never thought anybody would buy me a car. But I never thought the cops would do that. And um, he was... He, he was just amazed, right? But, you know, going back to the whole philosophy of what Blue Bridge does and when it comes to building trust between the community and the police, uh, this has just been an excellent opportunity to demonstrate our core values, what we believe in, and what policing is about across this great country. And I guess, you know, real quickly, doctor, to answer your question, I didn't buy one car. Uh, during my tenure, we bought two cars. So, but, but that is a big stretch. Wow. So, Chief, can you talk a little bit about how Blue Bridge was created from the forerunning program that from the program that you created in Kennewick? So can you talk about how that all came together? You bet. Well, because, as Brian mentioned before, uh, the relationship between his uncle and myself, I mean, we've we've worked together on the police department. We remain friends. for over 40 years. And so I was feeding Brian information about the successes that we were having in Kennewick. Uh, during that time period, you know, I was still very active, uh, not only in state, but national organizations as well, the International Association of Chiefs of Police, uh, the FBI National Academy Associates. And, you know, it, it was trying to get the word out about the opportunities uh, Some of my colleagues, like in Spokane uh, and throughout the Tri-Cities, started to do similar things that what we were doing in Kennewick with our program. But I realized in order to really spread it throughout the state of Washington or spread it further, and hopefully at some point nationally, that we needed to create, really, there, there had to be a bridge between law enforcement and communities. And so... You know, I continued to feed Brian information, and it was just a natural connection for us then to really try to pull together some great people that, that you know, would put the time and effort and energy and, and had the background to be able to say, you know, here's some opportunities for us to do that. And, you know, since Brian was um, my go-to guy and I was getting closer to retirement, I just kept uh, pushing more information to Brian and, and hopefully that we're going to get the funding source to be able to continue this and, and move it beyond the state of Washington. Wow. You know, Brian, um, I read where you were quoted as stating a small gesture can make a huge difference in someone's life. What feedback, if any, have you received regarding this amazing program? Oh, we get feedback every day. So, um, you know, to, to kind of, you know, picking on uh, on what Chief Hohenberg just said, um, once we started uh, the program, you know, we knew that that uh, you know law enforcement agencies would struggle to just put a program like this in place. There's a lot that goes into um, being able to run a program like this. So when we got together and decided we wanted to 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 really branch out and and um, take this out to to agencies, we wanted to make sure that it was you know seamless. Mm-hmm. for agencies uh, and as frictionless as possible for them to, to implement um, that we had guidelines, standards and procedures and technologies for them to be able to run the program. And, um, and so bringing this back to your, to your question, um, you know, I get to see uh, now that we have, we actually have nine departments uh, in, in, you know, participating in Blue Bridge in our pilot program. Uh, we hope to have uh, close to a hundred by this time next year. Um, but I get to see every morning the reports from officers in the field and how they used, you know, the Blue Bridge program. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 
you know, officers might only use the program once or twice a month, yes. but you know, part of using it uh, is, is really uh, reporting and telling us exactly what the situation was. We want to hear, you know, who, uh, in terms of, from a demographic standpoint, um, who the recipient of the aid was. Um, we want to hear how that made the officer feel and how, uh, and how it actually not only just helped the recipient, but also helped, um, maybe it was uh, relieve a bigger situation uh, that, that, you know, they were able to, to relieve. And, uh, and so um, every single day I, I, I get to see these reports and see how officers of the field are like, you know, it made me feel really good to be able to, to do this. Um, you know, example is uh, a couple of weeks ago, an officer pulled over a car because the brake lights were out mm-hmm. and, and it so happened that this car was, uh, was running, you know, one of the delivery services, um, you know, like, uh, you know, I think it was like a food delivery, not Uber eats, but maybe something similar to that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the officer pulls, uh, the vehicle over and said, Hey, do you know why I pulled you over? And they said, well, I, I think our blinkers aren't necessarily working properly. And, and she said, actually your brake lights are out and your blinkers aren't working. And that's a pretty dangerous situation. Um, and they said, you know, uh, we're struggling. We, uh, we're, we're doing this, um, food delivery stuff to make ends meet. And she said, I tell you what, there's a, uh, there's an auto parts store two blocks down. Uh, let's go over there and I'm going to buy you, uh, you know, some new bulbs for your, for your taillight. And so, she fixes it for them instead of giving them a ticket and sending them into, you know, a situation where now they've got a ticket. They're already struggling. Yes. Um, and now they've got a ticket, maybe a court date, you know, and all of the expenses that go on with that. Uh, you know, this officer eliminated that that problem and also made the road safer because we all know that, you know, without brake lights, it, it might have turned into a, a really bad situation that altered everybody, you know, a bunch of people's lives. So there's a bigger picture to it as well. And, uh, and this officer stated in there in, in her report, she goes, you know, when I got back to, uh, when I got back to the station after my shift, I sat there for two minutes in my car thinking about, um, it made me feel really good to be able to help these people because I've been in that situation before where I was struggling to make ends meet. And I know that, uh, that has a transformational effect on people. And, wow. and so, you know, it's, it's those types of things that, uh, that I'm lucky enough to see every single day in these reports, um, that feeds me and feeds, you know, feeds our, uh, our group of people in terms of motivation and making sure that we're on the right path and doing what we're doing. Chief, this definitely must increase, um, law enforcement morale. Would you agree? That's a, a, a truthful statement. <laughs> Totally, doctor. And, and I think it reaffirms and empowers them to do what they know in their heart is right. And they don't have to second guess themselves about, you know, can we afford to do this or not? And I know a lot of I, my colleagues would ask me about, well, you know, what kind of parameters do you have? And when we started this program out, we said, if, if you feel it's the right thing to do in your heart, do it. Now, if you spend five thousand dollars, I'm probably going to ask some questions. Right. But uh, most of these things, just like Brian's talking about, are $100, $50, couple of hundred dollars, depending on the circumstances. But we've had people that have been victims uh, of a crime. Uh, we had a lady that her home was burglarized, an elderly lady, and she was living in a home without, um, without heat. She had a fireplace, but no firewood. Our officers went out and bought her a cord of firewood and uh, stocked her up and got her utilities turned back on for her. So, you know, it, it, it just depends on the circumstances, but they are in the right position to make decisions about what needs to be done. And they also vet out the people that are trying to scam them too, right? And that's an important part of the process as well. That's all of these things are just just great to hear, just uh, great to see that the community law enforcement are working together and i think that need to be a nation i think that need to be for all states and cities and community we're gonna take a station break well we're gonna come back we're gonna pick it up we've got some more that we're gonna talk about and and it's not too late to be part of the conversations out there viewers 
you know what to do. 1-866-577-2473. Comments, go to it, ask questions. We'll get you in. It's your life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. We'll be back with some more of these two great gentlemen shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1. North County. AM 1170. San Diego. The answer. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life, and uh, this is so extraordinary uh, to uh, be able to share with uh, the world, actually share with uh, communities uh, that uh, the partnerships that are out there that's going on between our law enforcement and our communities, nonprofits. Uh, these are some of the things that we need to get out there because most people only look and expect to hear the negative things. They need to know the whole story. Uh, and I, I, I think that used to be uh, Paul Harvey said the rest of the story. You know, so this is this is so incredible uh, that you all come together with organization. You're working to spread this. How can we get this to be a model of all of the United States and all communities? Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Brian? Well, uh, we have a long way to go. I mean, obviously, as everybody knows, uh, starting out a nonprofit is a very expensive venture. And, you know, we were we were lucky that uh, we had uh, we were able to secure a grant to get this pilot program off the ground last year. Um, we're we're just finishing that up. We um, are raising you know money to uh, to continue to, to grow and scale the program. Um, one of the 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 unique things about our program is uh, that that it's designed to be locally supported. So each each uh, agency that has the Blue Bridge program is really supported by their community. And um, luckily, uh, all of the agencies that are currently uh, that currently have a Blue Bridge program have incredible uh, support from their uh, from their communities and have done uh, fantastic things in terms of making sure it's sustainable. Now, the challenging part, and this is what makes it unique, is that we also uh, need money from the operational standpoint to keep the lights on for these programs. And uh, and so, you know, that's challenging because we don't want to, um, you know, obviously we don't, we don't want to be competing for funds in the communities, mm-hmm. you know, 
between what uh, the officers actually need to, to, to have the program there and what we need to keep the lights on. So, um, you know, we continue to work with, uh, you know, with, um, you know, foundations and, and, you know, government grant programs to try and secure funds to, uh, to again, scale the program um, beyond the pilot that we have currently. How can the public donate to this um, organization, Chief? So uh, I'll let Brian talk about the various ways to donate, Doctor, if I could. And and the one thing, though, that I, I would like to make clear, if I could, it's, you know, one of the reasons why it's important to have a mechanism for law enforcement agencies to be able to um, empower people to help this way is across the country, states, agencies can't get public funds, right? I can't. As a police department in Kennewick, I, I couldn't have a line item budget where the city put $100,000 in there for our officers to, to go out and buy people things. It's just that's gifting public funds. And so uh, that's the reason why uh, when we first created our program in Kennewick, my two buddies and myself kicked in $1,000 each to, to get some funding. And then he went out and raised funds within the business community. So that's a direct handoff to Brian as to what we are doing for Blue Bridge. Okay, Brian. Yeah, and and that's exactly you know what happens when you know when an agency uh, starts a, a Blue Bridge program. It takes usually two to three months for them to get the word out to the community um, and to be able to you know start really collecting funds. And and we have each each agency has you know a spot on our website to where. You know, if somebody locally wants to contribute online to their local uh, Blue Bridge program, there's a place for them to do that. And that money goes directly into their local program and stays local. And uh, and then, you know, for our 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 more operational funding, um, you know, the donate, uh, uh, you know, the, the donate tab directly on our uh, website, which is bluebridgealliance.org, mm-hmm. um, has that. A lot of people also like to send checks. They're not comfortable with online donations, but also a lot of people um, these days can contribute through their, uh, you know, through their either retirement funds or their investment funds. And, and so, you know, we're set up to be able to, to take those and we have, um, you know, different uh, uh, email addresses on our site for people to reach out if they have questions about doing that and, and if they'd like to do that, we have um, the ability for foundations to reach out to us and say, Hey, you know, as a group, we have money to contribute. And so, you know, we've been lucky to, to have some of that already. And, and we hope that people will continue to support us. Well, we got a couple of comments here. Fire and Life Talk. Um, they said this is a great concept. It's working in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, so- Soji says that this is an outstanding experience. And Joshua Goldsmith had a question. How do you feel about artificial intelligence entering the law enforcement space? And what impact do you think it will have in general on the profession? So I'm going to give that question to you, Chief. Thank you. That's a wonderful question. And, you know, one of the things that people hate is because you always say it depends, right? It depends on how it's utilized. Uh, it depends on how it prog- progresses. And um, one of the things that I've told people, it's even, you know, before I retired, our officers are equipped with body cameras in, in, in car dash cameras as well. And, you know, technology does not replace public trust and people, people build that public trust. And that's, really the foundation of what we're talking about here today. Um, I think we could spend a whole day talking about AI. That could be another program, right? And uh, not just in law enforcement, but just in general, what's happening across the country. Uh, It's happening within our financial institutions as well. But with all of that said, uh, it really depends on how it's utilized. And the one expectation I think that communities across this country have is they have to be able to trust their police department. Um, because as I mentioned before, in Kennewick, it's not like you can, you only have one place to turn. It's not like going shopping. You know, you can go to JCPenney's, you can go to Macy's, you can go to Nordstrom's, you can pick where you want to go. But if you need services from your local law enforcement agency, you need to be able to trust that department. Wow. You know, we're down to about the last uh, couple of minutes of the show. Uh, what are some takeaways that you want our viewers and listeners to get from this great discussion. Uh, we'll start with you, uh, Brian. 
Well, uh, you know, I hope that uh, that one of the big takeaways is that, you know, policing is always evolving and uh, sheriffs and chiefs around the country are always looking for, you know, innovative solutions to be able to help their communities. Um, and, you know, countless studies show that uh, the closer the relationship between law enforcement officers and their communities uh, means lower crime. It means uh, better trust in uh, in law enforcement um, and, you know, crime rates and violence go down. So, um, you know, that's a really big thing. The other thing is, uh, you know, officers are constantly having contact with great people that are in a tough situation. And uh, and when they're in a position to be able to help those people, it 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 helps everybody. But beyond that, uh, you know, oftentimes the Blue Bridge isn't really the best uh, solution in a certain situation. But having that uh, having that tool makes it easier for officers uh, to talk to people. It makes makes it easier for people to talk to officers, too. And in that contact that they have with somebody, they can actually connect them with services and um, organizations that might better fit their problem that they're having. So, you know, just because in uh, in any given situation, uh, you know, Blue Bridge might not be the right solution. At least it provides that uh, that contact in a non-enforcement setting for uh, officers to be able to, to, you know, take it further and, and, and help uh, people with that can help them long term. Well, I really appreciate you all taking the time to come on this show. We're out of time. Uh, this was an absolutely wonderful conversation. I, we might have to get together and do this again. You know, so I uh, want to thank thank you guys for coming on the James Cooley Show. It's your life. A message that I I think is going to inspire other communities and other cities to want to do the same thing. I thank uh, Dr. Michelle Cooley for putting together another outstanding program. You know, most importantly. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, uh, our viewers and our listeners out there for always tuning in to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. I'd like to thank my producer, KCBQ, Todd Pirate. And I want everybody to always dream big, think big, and be big at everything you do. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. It's your life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. Thanks for joining us for the James Cooley Show. It's your life. To learn more about Dr. James Cooley and how you can support the show or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been It's Your Life with Dr. James Cooley, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big in everything you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 